Yeah, I think the, the sport is still stuck in what it was, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. It was an amateur sport and you weren't allowed to earn money. Welcome to episode four of WG Grace's Sports Surgery. I'm Duke and the man directly opposite me is South Gloucestershire's premier Gerard PK lookalike. Terry Duckin. Say hello, Tell. Salva. We'll be covering professional and grassroots sport in Bristol, from football to netball, rugby to cricket, and looking at the business and politics behind it all. And each appointment we'll be inviting in a patient into WG Grace's sports surgery to talk about a burning Bristol sports topic. Before we go on, Tell, let's talk a little bit about the last episode. A bit spicy, wasn't it? Yeah, it got a bit... Uh... Bit heated. Bit heated. I mean, the the Twitter after that. Bloody hell. Yeah, you said you said to me it popped off a bit. It did pop off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, so a bit bit of an interesting episode. I think. I think it's probably our most listened to episode. Yeah, I mean, because it's a it's a very polarizing subject, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, we only had one side of the story, really. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. The right side. Yeah. Well, it's the left side, which yeah. is the right side, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's going to take a bit more now. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> um, but they, they had the march on, uh, well, Saturday the 13th of October, the DFLA. Yeah. Um, but they were met with quite a stiff counter. There was a lot of anti-fascists. Yeah. Out, and um, the falafels as well. They're out in force as well. Yeah. Um, from what I saw, they kind of went off on a bit of a splinter and met them head on. Yeah. They're, they're essentially kind of... Uh, left-wing football firms yeah, taking it to the... Yeah, the it is an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's always good to do it during an international break. Um, yeah. So obviously not a lot of not, people... Not great for... Like, not, uh, not good for that, non-league day. Yeah, um, But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was obviously the the probably the most obvious time to do it, bizarrely, because obviously a lot of teams weren't playing. Yeah, and um, if you want to kind of get your football firm fix, yeah. then just get involved with that yeah it's but i mean it's interesting interesting to see what happened um obviously it's gonna rumble on a bit more mm. um, i mean it's it's the first time that the football lads and lasses against fascism have kind of got a lot of publicity yes obviously they're they're the, the newer of the organizations yes yeah um so yeah there was quite a bit of press by it mm-hmm. um yeah i think most of it was kind of leaning towards the kind of anti-fascist where the ones who who blocked it and, and probably yeah. done best out of the day. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. I mean, uh, um, it's, it does seem to me that there. To be honest, I didn't see there wasn't loads of press about it, but I, I do think most press sort of lent towards that that line of thinking. To be mm. honest, um, and and there was the um, the West Ham coach. Who was yeah, I, was, I saw that this week, um, and yeah, he's now been suspended. It, it, I, I, I sort of think it. it seems a bit odd to me that you would sort of outwardly promote that if you're in that sort of position um i th- i think being i mean obviously we're coming at it from a certain angle but to i think either side if if you'd have had a youth coach um on either side of the march i think it makes it a bit yeah, d- makes well, it a bit difficult for as, as soon as you kind of get politics yeah. into your line of work and obviously west ham yeah. united don't want their kind of brand no no we're tarnished yeah. Which is, which, is I, which, which is which is tough because yeah. West Ham's reputation isn't yeah with the their the pornographer world. owners and <laughs> yeah. I don't know it's it, yeah it was a that was a bit odd I I, yeah. I mean I you see a lot of um, being a Rovers fan like a lot of uh, of our youth coaches on social media and, and most of their output does seem to be regarding 
coaching in football rather than yeah uh political elements obviously everyone's gonna have a political opinion but i think if you're it's the, the whole thing on twitter not the not the uh opinion of my employers thing i guess it's it, it, it's yeah it's, it's slightly weak i, I mean it's i mean the the fla would kind of cry free speech you can do whatever you want but yeah there we go i mean i think this issue is gonna rumble on and on mm. um I, I think this is gonna carry on going see if the dfla can kind of uh lick their wounds and see if they come back from it but from what i've seen the the falafels are, are pretty strong and ready to give them a run for their money mm. On this month's show, we've got Great Britain and England distance runner Dan Studley. A fun fact about Dan, he can run from the county ground to Ashton Gate in under 14 minutes. I'm not sure why you'd want to do that. Welcome to the show, Dan. Um, first question is going to be from me. Um, what exactly are you running away from? Life, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, a nine to five, I think, mainly. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's the must beat a nine to five, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's all right. Um, I mean, I do do a little bit of part time work. Okay. But, um, yeah, keeps me keeps me fit. And keeps it, me is, sane. is that relating to running? The yeah. So I work. Work. I work with elite sports. I work with students. Um, I'm based in Loughborough a lot of the time for my training. Yeah. So I'm based with Loughborough College. Do some tutoring with elite sports athletes. Fantastic. And you Bristol born and bred as well. You yeah, yeah. Bristol. I'm a Bristol, Bristol, Bristol City fan as well. So yeah, Bristol <laughs> oh, born and bred. Cut, cut it, yeah. Nick. Cut the recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Dan, last night you uh, you you were up for uh, Bristol's best sportsman as well, weren't you? I was. Yeah. yeah. yeah the Bristol Sports Awards yeah. last night. First time I've actually been nominated for anything like that in in Bristol for for sports. So yeah. So, so, so can we say we we've got a winner on the podcast? I'm afraid not. Oh, dear. <laughs> no. A shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's glossed cricket. He's all right. Gloss he's all right. Yeah. He's glossed cricket. Yeah. As well. We're all glossed yeah. cricket, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. I think deep, so. deep deep down, most yeah. people are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so um dan um main reason we've got you on today uh i've i know dan quite well and we we yeah yeah, i I like i like to sort of ask dan about his athletics and uh all that and this uh one thing that always sticks out is the uh the sponsorship side of things obviously um it's it's a main way of making money in athletics and and you've always sort of i mean when the other week when i saw you and stayed with you the, um, you showed me your vest and like the, the the sponsorship on your your Bristol Athletics vest is literally the size of a finger now almost it's 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 obviously going to be difficult making money from sponsorship if that's the case it's yeah I think the the sport is still stuck in what it was you know 30 40 50 years ago it was an amateur sport and mm. you weren't allowed to earn money so mm. you'd win like a microwave or a toaster like that's what it used to be like that used to be your prizes that's yeah but you've that. got but you've got new sport like you take sport like triathlon where it's all sponsorship very yeah. professionalized it's a new sport athletics mm. are still stuck in that the dungeons of old old-fashioned sports where is, it, is that amateur. from the people who kind of run it is it kind of like still kind of like the, the old guard because yeah that massively. is off, often the way with sports that kind of get yeah. left behind you massively kind of is look, and I f- look at like um like darts for example and it, even the snooker they kind of got a bit of like new blood into it to kind of get it going so. exactly it's unbelievable i think if people ask me who would you like to run athletics barry herm would be my answer to that yeah. question every yeah, time yeah, yeah. You know? take a pub sport and, and all you, those you all start those... off with like one of the kind of like ring girls that will kind of walk you on exactly the, yeah <laughs> you know like... all those athletes all those athletes darts players but you know they're yeah. all millionaires like off of the way yeah, which, the way that the sport's been run in, insane because you're more of a well a lot more of a primed athlete than the, <laughs> the likes of Phil Taylor but 
like you say, they are millionaires in the, the popularity of the, the sport. Is exactly. Massive. But I yeah. suppose with darts, a lot of it is is down to the drinkers as well. Gambling. You probably, you probably well. don't get many people having a having a beer at the. Room. No, and it, you just don't have you just don't have the concept of the events. You know, fun running, people doing running at a beginner's level. That mm. is so big now. You've got all these events where you know you have twenty thousand, thirty thousand people doing a local. Like I did the, the Great South Run this weekend in Portsmouth. Yeah. I was eighth in that last year. Twenty thousand people in the race, and you know we just go at the front and we're the elites and we run round at the front and the other twenty thousand people in the race don't see us. Don't camp. You know we don't have like a. This is like an introduction or yeah. people get to know who these elite athletes are. Um, what I was going to say is a lot of the races I do in Europe. Um, they run it very differently where you have a small loop mm. um, say like round the city centre and round a bit of Bristol like a couple of miles loop yeah. and then I have people waves of people running around that loop all day long so from 10 in the morning till like 8 at night there'll be constant waves of people doing their 10k four laps of that yeah, loop yeah that makes sense and then it gets to like 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 6, 7 o'clock just as the sun sets and then the elite athletes will come out mm. everybody's pissed up and they've done their yeah. race and they've done their race they've done their 10k and they can watch it and they can relate to the elite athletes and they can it's a spectacle for them yeah I think I think um, as well because if they've run the race beforehand as well they know what that race is like exactly they, it's it's it's, it's it's almost like going to a football match and being told, "Oh, yeah, you can play a match on the football pitch beforehand, yeah, yeah. and then stay and watch watch the big boys do it." It's, exactly. It's, yeah, it but, gives but it. I think that's the the fascinating angle to it. Because so if if I try to go for a run, I'm, I'm like reasonably fit, but obviously not at your level, and I kind of go along and and see what it's like, and then I watch someone like you, an elite athlete, and see absolutely whiz past. Yeah. Then it would just actually. Um, sink home that like bloody hell you're you're good, like, <laughs> <laughs> even as a <he> shared. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I, it it is sort of interesting. You've mentioned to me that that there's a race in London as well where you have the beer tent on the track. Which yes, this like... is this is amazing. This is really where hopefully athletics is going in the future. A guy called Ben Pocci, incredible. He's set up this Highgate 10k. Yeah. Um, and every year it's grown bigger and bigger every year. And last year's in May, there were 6,000 people turned up to watch. And wow. it's, the big idea is it's free sport, it's free to come down. Mm. Um, and they have now a two beer tents you run through. So it's it's 10K on a track. Yeah. So 25. How, how many pints have you got to do when you go through the beer tent? I think it's just two each lap. Two. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's so, kind of more like it's a knockout. Sort yeah, of <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'd pay to watch that. I, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I would, I would, I would forgo the uh, freeness if yeah, the yeah. runners had to drink while doing it as well. But it's just like nothing else in our sport. It's sad that that is just like a one-off night that everybody yeah. goes to and you know 6,000 people turning up just to watch people run 25 times around a track and yeah. you've got a disco on the back straight going on and yeah. like fire jugglers and whatever different activities going on to keep like family whatever entertained but that's hopefully what athletics could become. Yeah. Um, you know, their talk last year, it was like the European cup, which is like a European championship type event. So mm. had different countries there. They're all about getting gambling there next year. So you can bet on different athletes. They're okay. just trying to add little bits each year. Mm. Um, so it's kind of to turn you into horse racing. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, um, just trying to add more each year, but I just wish more events had that spectacle. The, mm. You go to some events and you know, like you've got the best athletes domestically in the country competing. Yeah. And apart from your family or your coach or your dog, there's no one there watching. Yeah. Literally, you're like 20, 30 people watching. And this is like as high, as good as it gets for domestic sport for athletics in the country. Mm. 
Yeah, because you, you mentioned about the like inner city kind of idea of like, yeah. kind of doing a, a loop. I mean, it, here in Bristol, I mean, I, I've seen like many like cycle races. I know, like, exactly. It happens all the time. And yeah. I mean, to organise just a, a running race. Yeah, but it, it, so it goes much, back. So it goes easier. back to what I said at the start when you know cycling, forward thinking sport, mm. um, athletics still stuck in that. Yeah. It's, it's odd because I don't think it's really. I mean, since the 2012 Olympics, obviously that was that that could have been a watershed moment for mm, for athletics in this country. I mean, we had that incredible night. Um, the super super sun was it super, uh, sat- super, super Saturday, Saturday yeah. yeah three golds yeah, in an hour or whatever yeah yeah. It was, yeah and it's and it's sort of like and and as well I mean one of the greatest British athletes of all time is currently a distance runner yeah and it just it, he's, it, he's got some good sponsorship too as well yeah yeah corn yeah Nike could be used could be the face of corn I know <laughs> but it's, it it just don't it doesn't seem to me like they've they've taken they've gone on from now I mean mm. I, I think it was the anniversary games last year the, the mm. attendances were woeful for them really it's the, yeah they priced that way too high and you know the problem is with the the Diamond League mm. which is like the global athletic series the problem with it is. You've just got all the athletes wearing the same kit. They're all sponsored by Nike, so they're all wearing Nike yeah. vests. And there's no, there's no like team or like series or there's nothing that really, as a f- fan, that means anything to yeah. you. Mm. I always think what would be quite good is if they had um, like fr- franchise teams, like a, spon- yeah. a sponsor took on each team yeah. and then had athletes for each event in that team. And you actually had something you could relate to as an, as a fan because mm. you'd you go along to watch the anniversary games at the London Diamond League. Each event, you've just got 10 athletes, 20 athletes, and they're all wearing Nike or Adidas vests. Yeah. And their names are on their number, and that's it. And there's no, like, oh, well, what if he wins? What? There's no mm. well, the, outcome for you as a fan yeah. that you, you, oh, I want him to win, I want... Well, if, if it's a team event as well, I mean, obviously you'll have individual... I mean, with the Diamond League, you, you win the, as an individual, you win yeah. the Diamond League. But if you yeah. had a team, then the, the team wins the Diamond League that, that exactly. season as well. It, it gives it... It's, it's something a bit... There's a bit more to it then. It's, I yeah. suppose it's like like going back to cycling with Team Sky. I mean, they've had three different winners of the Tour de France in the last, last what, eight years, is it? Something yeah. like that. It's, it, I think you, you look at that and and I, I always say I find it I find it difficult personally to watch individual sports because there's not there's not something like you get behind an indiv- individual for a bit but you don't get like that individual's only got a set amount of time that they can they can do that sport yeah, exactly, so it's yeah. why I like I mean I don't like golf at all but I watch the Ryder Cup because you go yeah it's, it's, it's Europe this, I'm, it? I'm supporting Europe yeah. because that's my team and and it's the same with tennis as well when when. I mean, Britain won the Davis, Davis Cup. Cup it, yeah. I I enjoyed that more than Andy Murray winning Wimbledon. I like Andy Murray, but mm. Andy Murray's only got a certain certain shelf life. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think. But I mean, with that, it's it's kind of like an international level, like the kind of domestic competitions. I think it's needed even more so, isn't it? Yeah, and I think just to promote us domestically, like you know, to to if you had that type of event in Bristol, you know, if mm. you could show off the best local southwest or bristolian athletes um to the local public that's that's my exposure to you know to local businesses and to try and gain that sponsorship well it's 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 bonkers as well because it's like if you had if you had someone called up from um i mean dan runs for bristol and if you had if you had a um someone like a rovers or city player or even just a bristolian called up for england to play football yeah the amount of coverage that they would get would be huge locally Mm. and we've got we've got an athlete here who's who's been been called up and for and done done a half marathon for Britain mm. and there was there was there was very little about it and I'm not I, I don't even think that's a local press thing it's it's, it's I don't think the athletes are known uh, people don't know enough about them now and that's that's one of the big issues because I, I think I think 
athletics in this country is when I compare it to when I was a kid and um, in the 90s I mean we, we went to the 96 Olympics and won bugger all mm. we, we, I think the best 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 athletics were, I think Roger Black won the f- uh, we well, got one medal didn't we we got we, we, one, one line, gold yeah. with um, the the coxless pairs in the row and I think we got one track medal and that was Roger Black mm. in the 400 metres and you, I, I, I remember back then athletes in this country like they they were big I think Steve Backley might have got silver as well, but I mean, you, you knew who Steve Backley was, you knew who, you knew who like Roger Black was, you knew who Sally Gunnell was, you knew who Colin Jackson was, you knew who all these people well, were. Was it on terrestrial TV more then? It, yeah, it, it, it I was. still think it is quite a lot on terrestrial telly. There is yeah. definitely stuff on BBC, um, but again, it, it, it there is so much now in terms of participation. That's where the sport's gone mm. in the, in this country. It is different abroad, but definitely in this country, the the idea is the mindset is more running is a sport athletics is a sport of like getting people into it and getting people active i think they've seen that like park run and all of those sort of initiatives i'm not saying for any for any reason though they're great excellent initiatives Mm. but you know it's taken away from that elite side almost it's forgotten i think the elite side now because there's so much push in terms of um getting people into the sport and participation beginners a lot of that is so and especially for england athletics you know a lot a lot of their funding um, goes into that kind of side of the sport there's virtually nothing for um, so I was picked a couple of months ago for the Commonwealth Half Marathon Championships um, for England unfortunately I was injured didn't have to withdraw from the team but I asked them about six weeks before I said well I've got this little foot injury mm. um, could I see a physio could you at least pay for a physio okay, for me yeah, a pretty standard um, thing for the England team um, no we can't can't cover for, for, for the England team at, yeah at, for a Commonwealth level. Championship um, no we can't cover the cost of a 40 quid see a physio that's absolutely crazy and like it's mad you talk you mention that to like other sports and yeah. it's like yeah. other situations like a Commonwealth Championship for the England team yeah we can't cover that and looking back at the injury now if I did have um, you know cop- like physio sessions in place and I had a scan on my foot earlier I probably might have made the t- made the start line. Probably wouldn't have done as well as done myself enough justice. But I think I could have been there if I'd mm-hmm. had that had that support there. Yeah. So. so it sounds like a massive kind of funding yeah. deficit they got there. So I mean, um, we're going to take a quick break, but then we're going to go a bit more in depth after these messages. What exactly are you running away from? Life, I think. Dan has to run ten miles every day for water. For just ten pounds a month. To sponsor Dan Studley. <laughs> so Dan, you represented Great Britain in the World Half Marathon uh, Championships in Valencia um, in March. Just gone. I mean, what, what was that like? Uh, I go back from that a bit. It was mental, you know, just to be selected. I think it was something I always had a pipe dream to mm. compete for Great Britain. It's always a, a something I wanted to achieve I never quite thought I'd ever achieve it I never thought it was a it was it would be a reality um so yeah it was something going back about 18 months where we saw what the qualifying time was to to qualify for the team and we felt that was quite achievable um I had a training camp out in Spain for six weeks in January and I went to Barcelona half marathon and ran 35 seconds inside the qualifying time for oh, Great wow. Britain. Um, I was ranked about seventh or eighth in, in the country, so I didn't. I was on the cusp to take six people for the team. Okay, yeah. So it was depending on other people's race plans, whether they were going to put their name in the hat for the team or not. So I didn't. it was a lot of waiting yeah. around and 
sleepless nights of knowing and then got a phone call so I was selected so it was yeah unbelievable and then um you get sent your kit so British Athletic sponsored by Nike so I literally just got the biggest suitcase of Nike kit just nice. turned up like, swag bag. like three three of everything you could ever want like yeah. unbelievable um but yeah you just literally just rock up at Luton Airport can you be here at this time yeah um and then you just fly off and it was just there for two two three days and you fly back so, so is that literally the difference between Great Britain and England like I mean just before the break you were saying that they they wouldn't even pay for your your physio yeah, so it would even be the same at Great Britain, actually. Like, really? I think okay. so. We have a physio during the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have anything, it's probably a bit late then, really, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. day before the race. Um, but yeah, so you have physio during the race. But again, there probably wouldn't be the support unless you're a funded athlete. So you've got your people who are your realistic top eight of the Olympics, or sort of people who would be on a full time salary mm. and could get physio every day if they please. Yeah, and then you're just kind of under that level where I am now and there's absolutely nothing so of. so you're effectively on the same team as yeah. these people yeah. but these people are actually getting full-time salaries and they've actually got people yeah. working and, with them and they'll probably get if they want if they need it so if they're working through a niggle then they're probably seeing a physio daily to, yeah. to get them through I suppose that. it must be a bit of a catch-22 so you've got, got these kind of like um, athletes who are on these wages getting all this extra help yeah. but for then for you to kind of break into that it's going to be even more difficult because you haven't got that help and support. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I do I do kind of, part of me likes that situation. Like mm. you kind of, you want it more because yeah, you're, you're in yeah. that position where you've got to work for it. Um, it's not on a plate for you. I do I do like that situation. But um, no, the weekend in Valencia was, so the night before is quite a n- nice traditional thing they do with British Athletics. So we, you, they pick a captain of the team. Mm. There's six men, six women on the team. Um, captain's normally someone who's competed a lot for Great Britain in the past, maybe an older athlete. Um, and they've got to do some research on each athlete to making their debut. Okay. Um, so we, they, we didn't do much of that today. <laughs> <laughs> so it's brilliant because I was, I put it in the tweet actually just before the night before my debut. So eight years before, um, I actually looked it up to the weekend of it. It was my last um, English schools championship and I came 280th in the English schools cross country championships. Wow. So I was nearly last. Um, and then eight years later, I made it was the weekend I made my debut for Great Britain. So I, that was a, quite a nice little story that it was yeah. like the same weekend. Um, and they presented you with a little glass trophy that was like your your debut weekend. Yeah, um, yeah the race was whirlwind, mental, you know, to compete against six of the best people from almost every country in the world mm. at half marathon. Um, unbelievable. I came about halfway. I came 103rd at about 200 people. Um which I didn't really have many goals going in. It was just mm. to compete at that level. I never competed at a world championship before. Yeah. So um, race didn't go as well as I wanted it to go. Um, probably could have came 30, 40 places higher um, if the race went a little bit better for me. But mm. um, yeah, still an amazing achievement and yeah. something that, yeah, highlight my career for so, now, yeah. So what I've always been like quite interested in is you were just saying then you probably could have gone 30, 40 places higher I mean, how big are the tactics involved in running at that level? Massive, I think, is in terms of trying to execute the race plan as best as you can and trying to, um, you know, not uh, let other people influence what you're doing. Mm. It's quite hard um, because normally I go to a race in Europe, um, you know, normally they'll only invite like 10 or 20 world-class level athletes because that's where their budget can stretch Mm. to. Um, so you never normally find yourself in the positions I was finding myself in during this race. I haven't had that for a lot of years. So you're, I was a bit panicky being in sort of 80th, 90th place. Yeah. Like, shit me, there's a lot of people ahead of me. <laughs> yeah. um, 
but you just got to try and execute your race plan as best you can. So. Yeah, because yeah. imagine if you, if you literally put every person just like in a long line, and it was just more like a well, more like a time trial, mm. I should say. I mean, the, the the times people record there, and then the the places people finish in the actual race. I mean, is there going to be quite a big disparity in that? Yeah, massively. So if I go back to that race in Barcelona, I ran the qualifying time. I found myself in a group of people who were from different countries in Europe and we all knew the kind of times we had to run to qualify for the worlds from our respective countries. Mm. So we all kind of worked together and there was about seven or eight of us and we shared the pace and we worked together and that helped massively, you know, yeah. to try and execute that sort of time. Is is it like, is it like, um, is like long distance running would that also be like um cycling when you when you obviously have someone at the front would always be sort of breaking, breaking a little food. bit it's definitely not the advantages they get yeah. you're talking i don't know what it is in cycling but you're talking like 10 20 percent or something yeah stupid. yeah it's not those sort of numbers but no. mentally as well it the actual pace you're running mm. does feel a lot easier if you've got people in front of you yeah, where you're just yeah. shadowing um yeah it doesn't make a difference for yeah sure. it's, it's i always find that the tactical tactics of long distance running interesting this is i suppose it's a lot easier on a track because you you can mentally sort of take it over you know exactly where you are yeah but with with um sort of long long distance road racing you don't i mean obviously you get your your mile markers but beyond that it's it's sort of you're trying more to... i think half marathon and marathon is you're more predictable in terms of how you're going to race mm-hmm. um you're more in control of what you're doing mm. i find so i used to do 1500 when i was at uni um and then stepped up more to 5k 10k and now doing more half marathon so when i did the shorter distances 1500 5k You've got a lot less controllables. I, yes, I bet um, it's more competitive at, at that level. Yeah, I mean, in in a marathon, like cause if if you're like the best marathon runner in the field, I mean, probably what ninety nine times out of hundred, you're going to win that race. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, depending on the and in, t- in and in terms of your training, um, if you get your training right in terms of what you're doing, you're pretty confident going into the race that you can execute it. Mm. Whereas you go into a fifteen hundred. And you could have some guy sprinting halfway through the race. Yeah. You could have a couple of people go off really hard. It could literally, mm. I've done championship 1500s where literally you're pretty much walking for like and, and a lap. And, and then someone starts sprinting. Yeah. And the groups sometimes can be so tight. Exactly. I mean, the amount yeah, of time yeah, I've yeah. seen people like trip up. Oh, it's so slow. It's unbelievable. And, and you can really kind of yeah. like lose your rhythm as well. So in those races, that. you've got so, so like few controllables in there. Whereas half marathon and marathon, it is more if you've got that training right in terms of what you've done building into it, mm. more likely the outcome is going to be what you expect it to be. So, yeah. And and in in races like like that, um, the World Championships, you I assume you're almost racing a time rather than than for a place. Is, is that's that's the main aim, especially with with your level where you are at the moment. In the, in those sorts of races, you you'd want to register a good time rather than yeah definitely i think for me it's all about progressing i always look at it as can i progress every year so i've gone Mm. eight years in a row now where i've run pbs Mm. eight years in a row uh, at different distances but Mm. that's a streak that is really important to me to to make sure that i'm just adding a little bit to my training every year Mm. so whether it's doing a bit more in the gym or a few more miles or something that i think is making me a better athlete yeah um and trying to run pbs every year and if i can do that like you say in five years time then I'll hopefully be in a position if those PBs and I keep that trend going mm. where I am looking at it going, right, I can go to a European or a Commonwealth Championship and compete for a medal yeah. um, or try and qualify for an Olympic team. Yeah, because I mean, you've, you've said to me previously, like with long distance running, it's almost you have to get your miles in rather than 
it's it's, it's yeah you have to do the amount of training it's not a case of um sort of necessarily improving no. just getting becoming better it's all about it's all about accumulation of miles and my coach keeps um going on at me it's it's bloody he says it needs to be boring yeah that's yeah. like his little his little motto it needs to be boring mm. because you need to be able to do week on week on week of nine i do 90 to 100 miles a week and you you've got to be able to do that you know week on week on week on week and that is where you get your fitness from yeah it's not unfortunately it's the wrong sport to be like a quick fix you can't just (laughs) four or five weeks suddenly be (laughs) and also it is the worst sport in the world if you have a time off as well literally i have say if i have a week or two weeks off Mm. that first run like it's like bags of sweat for like two miles i'm well out of breath (laughs) and it's just so hard and it's like it's so annoying so i just look at skill sports like Imagine like a golfer, like yeah. two, he has two weeks off. Yeah. He'll still get around that course. I, know, yeah. <laughs> I have two weeks off. I and can't the players, and look, look at all the sponsors. Oh, I saw that. A dart, yeah. I, I, watched, uh, I, I watched some darts the other day and he said, he said, oh, what do you put that wind down to? It was really good. He went, I had two weeks off. I, yeah. fresh. Like, I can't run down the road. You won't be able to do that. Off. No, no. No, you'll be finished. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It, it, isn't it, it is one of the more interesting sports because I think you, because is literally something it's one of the most honest sports I always think because with football and stuff like that you can have you can have a fat bloke you can have a thin bloke you can have this that with running well with athletics generally it's who can throw the furthest who can jump the furthest who can who can run the fastest and this that's a good point because that's what I was going to say I think for me as in kind of why I got into the sport I was just I was awfully competitive as a kid and like we play like football I played a lot of football and cricket and it just used to annoy me. Like, say you lose a game and I've tried really hard. Yeah. At the end of the game, I'm just like, well, that's just not fair. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just not <laughs> fair. Like, we've so, lost. Someone else has let you down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Someone's dropped a catch you, on the boundary and I've bowled individual. really well. That's just not fair, is yeah. it? Like, I just can't take it. <laughs> but yeah. um, but running, that's what I really like, is yeah. honest. And also what I like is you've got, um, if I go back to cricket as an example, I felt like I used to put in a lot of work and get good coaching and, guys would still be better than me guys would still rock up once a week and be better than yeah. me and I'm just like it's not it's, frustrating. it's not fair yeah. but athletics there's nobody at that level who I compete against mm. who doesn't go away and put in 100 mile a week week and week and week there's nobody you just can't do it you can't physically be at that level without putting in that work and it's really nice to be in that position that everybody you're competing against is there like honestly and purely with what they're doing well if they're not doping but, but yeah. with, with, with that though do you have a mortal enemy like do you have an enemy like that you go, oh, oh, oh not him, not him. <laughs> Try not to, it's hard. Names, it's hard. Sam, you want names. <laughs> i got a list there. No, it's, it's, it's hard not to. Um, it's just about trying to realise that you're on, a, you're on your own path. Yeah. Um, I joined up with my coach I've been with now about 18 months ago. And the very first thing he talked to me about, because I went into him for an injury, so I was building mm. back up my training again is you've got to enjoy getting beat. That was the first thing he would say to me. And I'm just like, that is the weirdest like saying ever. I don't understand. Enjoy. And he was like, you've just got to be like, I'm on my own path. He beats me, he beats me, he beats me. But then what's he doing in training? He's probably smashing his training for the last four or five weeks to get to that level. Where's he going to be in two years? Where's he going to be in three years? And what we talked about, you know, where are you going to be in three or four years time Hmm. competing for a medal, competing at this and that. That's what I try and look at. You know, I try and look at that and go, that's what I want to achieve. And if they're beating me today, that's fine. You know, they're probably training too hard now and not 
adding those bits every year that I talk about. So yeah. So Dan, we've got to wrap it up. It's been absolutely fascinating no talking Thanks to you. A lot. What's what's coming up in the in the future? Uh, so I've got a couple of races in Switzerland in the Chris in Chris around Christmas time. So I go out there and do a few road races. Um, money's a bit better than Britain, I yeah. So yeah, I've got a few races there. Um, and then I'll be on a training camp. So I normally spend January out in Spain on the training camp. So I'll be out there. Then hopefully a half marathon in the new year fantastic so, well thanks yeah. again for no coming problem. on thanks for coming thanks on and, and if you want to sponsor Dan just get in contact with the show um, <laughs> and hopefully we can get a, a race in Bristol sometime soon so this has been episode 4 of WG Grace's Sports Surgery thanks for listening cheers so this has been WG Grace's Sports Surgery if you like you can follow us on the Twitters at WG Sports Surgery and feel free to drop us an email at wggracesportsurgery at gmail.com. And wherever you listen to this podcast, please give it a five-star rating and click subscribe, you bad, useful people. And we'll see you next time for another episode of WG Graces Sports Surgery. <laughs>